The Opening Bell with Jules Valance. In studio, finally. I feel like I've been working my whole career towards this, Jules. You and I in a dark studio on a Saturday morning. You could have sworn we're both at Revs, but we're not. We're here at SEN. How are you, my friend? It's a shame we're not, but (laughs) give us time. Give us 24 hours and we just might be. How are you? I'm well. I'm good. And, um, yeah, racing across the country, obviously the last G1, as you mentioned, the Tats Tiara, which looks a really open race. And Philly sort of dominate the market there, but I think there might be a bit of a change sort of come jump time there. And then we're back. We've been seven months away from Caulfield, and and now we're back. So um, Sandown's done a massive job for the workload that it does throughout winter, but now we get to Caulfield, and um, good to see it back. It's punting-friendly Sandown. Even when it does get a little bit wet, I still think it's punting friendly. It's done an enormous job. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, you know, possibly if that was to go, is which is sort of the rumblings, that's what's going to happen. Who is going to pick up all the the back ends? It allows these meetings at Caulfield to have only so so many, so then they can be pristine for their big big events to have Sandown doing such a great workload, but. They have introduced, obviously, the Heath, which will be inside Caulfield, which will obviously try and pick up that workload. It might not be ready till probably 2024. But, um, yeah, it, it's done a fantastic job, Sandown, week in, week out, especially just with the bad conditions that we get in winter. It just seems to cop it. I had the CEO of the MRC on during the week on Giddy Up. He said, yeah, they're looking at sort of that April, March, April 2024 for the inside. Two refurbishments on this Caulfield deck, and we might... Just start there from a track perspective, but we'll turn our attention to the tats very shortly. Uh, Soft six out there today, the two refurbishments. There's still an element of you want to see how it plays, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we sort of got to know, we've known Caulfield um, that it's sort of, if it's a dry, shorter deck, you know on speed's always an advantage around there. The shoot, I don't think that's going to change. So we've got the northerly wind today, Milo. So that's 25 to 40 kilometres. We know that's a headwind into the shoot. So we know that leaders can struggle uh, when that variable kicks up and the jockeys ride for that. So that'll be interesting in the shoot races that we see uh, today. So be careful of those horses that you think are going to be leaders or OSL outside lead. Um, They might struggle a little bit, but... Yeah, I mean, they got 50 mils this week. They probably yeah. wouldn't have wanted that off off a brand new deck to get 50 mils during the week. Um, two mils last night, sort of seven and a half on sort of Thursday before midday. So, um, look, I expect it still to race pretty well, but it's a new track. So maybe the soft six races as a genuine soft six, where we'd usually probably think that might be an upgrade at some stage with this northerly wind. Times will be a really interesting point. So the races one, two, three, we'll get a guide of where this track sits. But um, I also think, yeah, just with that wind, be really careful of leaders. And may they may be just coming out to the middle of the track, I think, today at some stage. Let's turn our attention to Eagle Farm, the last G1 of the season. Uh, the G1 race for the trainers is hotting up too. I think there's a few all caught on 11 uh, to try and take out the... You know, I know that no one talks about a G1 trainer's title. It's around. definitely out of my wheelhouse, mate. Yeah, and, and <laughs> people were saying to me all week, and I think I got off and I said to Jacko, we need to be talking about this. <laughs> the, the, the traders are battling. But I think it might just be an in-house thing. Yeah. We train more than anyone else. Yeah, and and that's probably, you know, good luck to the trainers that are vying for that. We sort of probably focus more our energy on can we bet on it. If we could bet on it, I think we'd probably be talking a little bit more, Milo, but 
I'm not too sure that we can. We'll get a market at Foxcatcher, there I reckon. Yeah, we'll get that up in the next hour. <laughs> Eagle Farm on a good four, though. Rail plus 60 and tyre. Penetrometer 5.8, of course. No rain the last 24 hours and only half a mil in the last week. It'll be it'll be quick. Yeah, it's it's come, it's come. just raced really well, hasn't it? I mean, we spoke about this sort of two years ago. We were a little bit worried about Eagle Farm and where they would be. I think the track's raced sensationally this carnival. I think the carnival overall has been... Really good. So um, it sets up really well. No excuses, I would have thought, outside of luck in running. Let's turn our attention to the Tats Tiara. Um, I was talking about a horse earlier on in the week, and I'm glad I got the earlies um, because it looks like it's shifted quite considerably in the one electric girl. Chain of Lightning again, another one that's shortened in the market. I know uh, it's an interesting one here, Opal Ridge. It was favourite for the Stradbroke uh, and then missed. Um, and then it opens up here and then drifts. And I would have thought that in a winnable against its own sex, that they might have piled into this a bit more. Yeah, um, it's an interesting one because um, it sets up really well for it. The filly um, drawn really well, you would have thought. So maybe they can get a pair or two pairs closer with than when they usually do ride this horse. So that's a positive, you would have thought. But you're right, it's been soft. I mean, 350 goes up Wednesday night. And then you don't worry about it Thursday, Friday. But what's happening this morning? What What are we getting the guy there? And now touches $4, and I think you're going to get a little bit bigger than that $4. So there's no need to dive into Opal Ridge right now. I don't think it's reached its ceiling for where the where the price is. The other filly, Ruthless Dame, I think you're going to get better than the $5.56 being bet out there right now. And, and you're right, Milo, the two that you like, Electric Girl, really well supported. So if you get $17, $18 out there, I think that'll be wiped off the board shortly. Chain of Lightning, rock solid at $7. Really positive push for that horse. And there's other horses that are solid. Shalo. Uh, Lady of Honour, a bit of support for that horse, even Comrade Rosa. So th- when we talk about, okay, there's support for other horses, it means these horses that are at the pointy end of the market have to move somewhere and they have to move out. So that's why I think we're going to get a better price, Ruthless Dame and Opal Ridge for the Tastiara. Ruthless Dame obviously performed at this level before, but Electric Gui could have got 23s there for a long time. It went six into threes and then sort of a, a decent push this morning. So uh, all I thought is there's about eight horses that can win this race. And I tried to take the two that I thought were probably the most over their price in yep. Chain of Lightning and Electric Girl. Yeah, and you've done really well. So you've beaten the SP. Now, whether that means you end up eating at the end of the day, no. we'll, soon be, <laughs> we'll soon to be it, find out. It doesn't, never means that. It doesn't guarantee your success, but you've done your job. Leaning one way or the other there, or just it's just wide open? No, I think it's wide open, to be honest, and I'm yeah really interested to see what happens here. I think it's going to come down to, I reckon there's two or three horses that have drawn close to each other that they might get the luck in running, and the other might not with this big field. So it's going to take, uh, I don't think there's going to be much between them. I think I think it's going to take luck in running is going to be the answer here. We'll go to the one after, uh, which is the WJ Healy Stakes over the 1,200. Um, Prince of Boom. Looks to have had uh, some nice support, nice and early. The form lines around King Carper, I keep saying, up there in Queensland, they just keep stacking up. The horses that roll it, they go out and win, uh, and then it wins. Oh, I think it still represents a really good price, um, and that's been firm enough. Is there anything else you're seeing in the WJ Healy? I think this is interesting from a market perspective of what we sort of identified here. So Prince of Boone, absolutely solid. So it's drawn that wide gate. The market doesn't care about that. That doesn't seem to have an issue with it at all because it is rock solid. 270 might be your ceiling there for that price. So if you want to have a bat, bet Prince of Boone, it might be advised to probably take it now. I don't think you're going to get much bigger than that unless we see a huge pattern uh, in the first seven races 
as a guide. The other horse that's been really well supported is the good, the big goodbye. So they're the two that I think might clear out from the rest. You talked about King Kappa who's bringing really good form lines and they're stacking up through other form races as well. It looks like he might get a little bit soft. So there's no need to take the $6, $6.50 about him. I think you're going to get a better price about him, which is fine for value if you like that. And uh, yeah, there's a few others that I think are going to get a little bit soft. So I, I sort of see Prince of Boom holding its price. The big goodbye has been well supported, looks to hold its price. And the rest... I think you're going to get better. Yeah, I tend to agree with you with King Kappa. It's always that if you look at them for so long and there's absolutely no movement and you expect one of those favourites to shorten, you can nearly bet that yours is going to drift at some point. It's got to, it's when the market, so what are they betting? They're betting 124, 125. I think come jump time, they'll be betting 119, 120. So it's got to come down. So those horses that are just, you can see half a chink in their price, they've got to go somewhere and it's usually out. Uh Really brief look at race number nine. I know Swiss Exile just slightly drifted there. Yeah, see, it's been, what have we got? Yeah, so early doors, 360, 330 this morning, 310 out to $3.40. And you're right, you're going to get bigger than that. So if you like that horse, um, I'd be holding off. Conversely, Surreal Step's been really well supported, like rock solid at that $4 mark. So that's a positive probably push for that horse. And the other one released the beans this morning. Tightened right up, eight dollars into six dollars fifty, and six dollars fifty. I think it's just about to get wiped off the board. So if you can see release the beans at six fifty, take it. You probably beat the SP if you play that way. A couple of others I want to touch on at Eagle Farm, if you don't mind. Uh, we're talking about Et to Brute uh, earlier in the week. Um, we could have got a price about it then. It continues to firm up. This ran in behind a horse, Miracles of Love, which is the um, Arrowfield horse, which ran second in the JJ Atkins. It was one I thought they did forget in the market and they seem to be coming for it a little bit in the first now. Absolutely. I mean, big double figures, sort of $11, got out to $17. There's no deductions here, small field, and now, you know, into $7. So absolutely been a good push from that bigger price. Um, Favourite, what's happening here? So that two sixty two seventy for right to party, I think you're going to get bigger than that because they are backing some of these middle pinners around it. So... Um, as you said, good support, Ed to Brute. That's a positive push for that horse. Uh, Zuccaret as well, good push for that horse. Even though it's 340 out to 460, what's happening this morning is that 460 is back into 440 and looks pretty tight. So um, you're right. looks like the favourite's probably going to drift here right to party. At race three, the Tattersalls Cup. Had a chat to Chris Lees uh, during the week. Um, this is what he had to say on Luntzies. I, I did... I did sort of have a tongue-in-cheek with him a little bit, but this is what Chris Lee's had to say about Luntzies. It does look his race, but look, he hasn't won for so long. But that said, he, he's, he's rarely let us down. He, he's raced very consistently. Um, just a couple of things haven't gone his way or just ran into a better horse occasionally. But um, certainly, he, he gets in well under the conditions of the race, being set weights and penalties, uh, so he escapes any penalty. Timmy Clark has, has ridden him before and rode him well. So he gets a few ticks. Um, but, you know, mindfully he hasn't been in the winner's store for a while and he's short enough in the market. Short enough in the market, firmed a bit. Um, I, I just, when you get horses that don't haven't won for a while and forget how to win a bit, this is, I'm going to lay this thing all day. It's skinny, isn't it? When, you, when you set it up and you say it hasn't won for a while, look, there's no doubt he's running into some really good horses and running pretty good numbers, but he hasn't been able to get the W for a while and, and that's, I think that's got to come into the mental aspect of punting when you are taking a dollar eighty-five or a dollar ninety about a horse that hasn't hasn't done that. Now, the other part to the coin of that is the second horse in the market, Young Verda, hasn't won for a while either. And so, Correct. so he, you're looking outside it and you're going, "Where can I back?" And you go, "Well, I can't really trust that horse either." 
Um, from a market perspective, Young Verda's tightened up. So, you know, the 550 is going to get wiped off. I think it probably starts a little bit shorter. Um, Luntz's, you know, I don't know if you're going to get black figures. I think it's going to be sort of that $1.90, $1.95 is probably the best you're going to get. And then it comes up to the individual punter. Do I want to take that horse on that hasn't won for a while at that price range? Or are they going to be like you, Milo, and say, well, I'm happy. If he beats me at $1.90, $1.95, I'm happy to take that loss. It, uh, they're only looking at the, the without a fight, isn't it? It's the what the, the run two back where it's 1.8 off without a fight. I didn't think it was outstanding um, at, at Eagle Farm over the 2200 when without a fight won again and non-conformist ran in behind it. But um, it's the two runs back on that. You'd think it'd be that. Price. The one that I think they'll come for here will be London Banker being a Kelly Schweet as the toppy. Yeah, so it's been 850 into 750. It'll be interesting to see what happens at the death. I, I can see sort of on the exchange it's a little bit bigger than that. So maybe there is a hole in, in London Banker, but small field here. So again, probably a tactical affair. Um, probably not going to be much luck in running. He's going to be taken out of it. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But there's sort of two horses at the top of the market that I don't think the punters overly trust 100%. What are you liking at Eagle Farm? We might sign it off and then we'll come down um, south unless you want to um, go through any other races no, up not, there. I, look, to be honest, I, I like what the market's doing with Prince of Boom. I think it's done some really big numbers. Um, I don't think it's still – I think it's probably not the end of the prep. I think it sets up pretty well. The wide gate I'm not too worried about. Um, the, the, the big weight not too worried about against these kinds of horses. So I think Prince of Boom might be really hard to run down. Race six, number one, Thalassophile for me. Um, I thought the – Karen McAvoy Waller combination here. Uh, the move was early on this, um, Jules, and, and I'm pretty happy to be with it as a better one. And I actually made one of my better bets, funnily enough, in the Tats Tiara, being Electric Girl and Chain of Lightning, a, a two place. So I thought that at least if you, even if you took the prices earlier on in the week, like we said, you could go and make a quid now. Yeah, absolutely. And the market's moving towards those two horses. So as I said, you've done your job. It's just now hopefully you can get the result. Never works, though. <laughs> it never works. I'd love to hear from you wherever you are right around the country. 0499 736 736, a Signet Boost Power Bank to give away to the value of fifty nine ninety five and 18 holes and a cart at Mandalay. That's 18 holes of golf and a cart at the Mandalay Golf Club. Uh, send us a text 0499 736 736. This is the opening bell. All thanks to Inglis, Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer, Kilmore Toyota. Personalised our sorry, personalised our used vehicles up to your spec. We'll be back right after this. Near Jules, we mentioned Caulfield off the top, uh, and we spoke a little bit about the track, but. For those that are just joining us, two refurbishments, haven't raced there for 200 days and a northerly. Yeah, really important for the punters to understand. So we're starting on a soft six as well. So 50 mils of rain. So I think that'll impact this fresh ground, as you said, you know, seven months that we haven't raced there. So it's a little bit buyer beware to begin with, but the northerly in the shoot, which we know at Caulfield, if it gets up to over 25 kilometres an hour, it can impact how these races are run. The jockeys do like to take some cover. 1,000 to 1,200 metres I'm talking of, obviously, with the chute. Um, and leaders can be disadvantaged a little bit if that gets up to 30, 35 kilometres an hour. So got to be careful there. And, yeah, new surface here, but, you know, we're expecting it. You know, it's always been a brilliant punting track. They do race, I think, the most straightest in Melbourne metropolitan area at Caulfield. Hopefully that continues today. Uh, we'll try to work our way through them here because we do have a little bit of time. So um, race number one, absolutely no idea. But I did get tip Scorsese during the week. So I've had a little tiny punt there, but I just didn't have the time to go through some of these sort of 
uh, pretty young horses. Yeah, and that's the key. Young horses, a few haven't raced and a few, you know, very lightly raced. Good support for the favourite outback miss. So it's going to start clear favourite and um, there's no real chink in it from a market perspective. Did win on a heavy track on debut, but that rated really well. So it's going to be on a better surface here. It's drawn wide. So whether Blake's going to go forward or try and find a backside will be important, I think, especially with that wind we talked about. But market wants to be with it. Um, conversely, Amigo, I think if you like Amigo, you're going to get better than 340, 350. So there's no need to jump in right now. Hold off. Your best price will probably be closer to the jump. Uh, and good support probably in the last 20 minutes here, Milo, for Ginger and Pink. Sort of was nine fifty ten dollars $10. Can't get any of that now. So good support for that horse. Heffel claims under the minimum. We've spoken about that a little bit on wet tracks in the metropolitan area. She's it's flying. Abs- yeah, she is. She's flying. Yeah. She's exceeding market expectation, which is what we want from our jockeys to then have confidence when we do back them. The market's trending towards them. There's a few of these apprentices that are going really well. Gordray Pin. And obviously, um, Heffel fits the bill. Just on that too, we normally see some apprentices really shine this time of year because other jockeys go north and the other ones go on holidays. So we normally see a, um, a standout, don't we? It's not an anom- like it's not a no, it's, rare occurrence. It, yeah, and it's a thing that we can talk about. You know, this time next year and the year after, you're going to find these apprentices that can claim two or, in some cases, three kilos. Well, make sure you get that right. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can get it right or get yeah. it wrong. Depends. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll send you a show cause later if I do get it wrong. Um, so yeah, look, it's going to continually happen in the winter months and we spoke about it a lot and you're claiming under the minimum, big advantage, the bigger guys that play into these markets and obviously move the markets. Absolutely froth it. Uh, this is one I really did want to ask you. I like Katsu. I've held off, but when am I going? Because it, it is drifting and I don't know whether or not it's going to continue. Is it now or is it later? No, it's going to continue, mate. So I don't know where the ceiling is for the, this horse in terms of price, but it's going to start with a three in front of it, I think, at some stage. So you're going to get a three uh, at some stage for Katsu. It probably sits outside leader, who's probably going to be Bubble Palace. So, again, comes off that one where it was short price favourite, got beaten. But that race did go okay. I know Pintoff won the race, but I think the second horse, Starry Legend, came out and since won and was really well supported. So I wouldn't be riding off the form race. It's just where it sits with this northerly wind. Um, and there's a few others sort of down under the under the minimum that have been well supported, sort of flying on a limb. I think it's you know been well backed. That 550 is going to get wiped off the board. So there's a few that they're backing around it, suggesting you're going to get a better price about Katsu. There's no need to be diving into the 280, $2.70 right now. You're going to get a better price. Caulfield race three, I went on desire because I thought this one was going to shorten. You're right. It's it's taken a while, but it's it's the one that sort of shortened this morning. So it's a good positive push, but I can't knock from a market perspective also Vivia. There were sort of three, I think Wednesday, Thursday, they're all close together, Milo, and the other one of those two of those three that I haven't mentioned is Dublin. And it's the one that's been in essence removed from the market. They're, they're, they're taking that horse on sort of the five dollars becomes six dollars and it looks like it's going to get a lot bigger in price than that. But Desire and Vivia from a, a market perspective are the two that um, are pretty popular here. Uh, let's go to race number four on the card. I'm not going to talk here. Um, I'm going to let you speak. This is a really interesting race, and I think it's going to be um, a really good betting race as we get closer to the jump. Um, I think times and where this track situates in terms of condition is going to impact what actually gets backed here. Now, Bold Bourbon, we know, is a very good wet tracker, probably best conditions, Warnable, and then went to Caston and won the cup there on heavy track. So if this track's racing a lot slower than the soft six. I think you'll see the market gravitate towards bold bourbon. 
And here's the opposite to that. I think if this track's racing closer to a soft five, even closer to a good four at some stage, I think you'll see the market really push towards Sir Atlas, who's been a little bit soft this morning, 350 out to $3.60. And at the moment, you're probably going to get better than that. But it's a horse that haven't really seen on a dry track. But I think we'll see the best of that horse when we get to a dry track, Sir Atlas, and it might be today, uh, fourth up. It is three from three. So it's got the picket fence, but there's a few other horses that have been supported as well. Naboo Star, double figures. That won't last. It'll end up single figures. So if you like those kinds of horses, uh, Naboo Star, even Blue Cup, a bit of support for that horse, $14, $15. It's been wiped off. I think they're going to start shorter, probably um, Naboo Star and Blue Cup. But all around these track conditions, I think, for the top two in the market. Uh, Lindsay Smith got a mortgage on it, by the sounds. Yeah, it, it does set up really well for him, but um, let's see what these track conditions end up spitting out. Race five, the Lamaro's Hotel Handicap. Shout out to Dimmer and the team at Lamaro's. Always look after me with a nice steak there when I go down there. And, um, yeah, just give me another bottle of red sitting on the table. Don't worry about that. Adam, on your, head to Lamaro's best steak in Melbourne. Don't worry about that. Uh, race five here. Uh, I've got absolutely no idea here. Um, I know there's a few off the text here. Matty T's chimed in. They all like Hazel Baby. Um, and the market would suggest that they may be just turning into a few others early. Yeah, this is a really tricky race because um, Hazel Baby brings sort of the right form line. that It's got that extra two form line from last start, which was absolutely off the map um, to last start, obviously, for it. So Hazel Baby brings that. It also brings the claim under the minimum. So it sort of sets up really well for it. Good gate. You'd think it's set a little bit closer, but it is soft in the market. 380 looks like you're going to get at least four in front of it for that horse. They've backed horses like Shack Attack, Crown Crusher. Um, Castilian's been really well supported this morning. So as I state, we talk about when we're seeing three or four middle pinners being backed, it means the favourite has to go one way and it's out. So I think you're going to get a better price. Hazel Baby, good support, Crown Crusher, Shack Attack and Castilian. One more before we jump to the news. I, I, this could be one of the best weekends I've ever done shopping-wise uh, because I did a little bit on Thursday. This is one for those that were listening in. St. Lawrence, I've got a price here and they have come. Yeah, you wanted to see a push for this horse who's off a let up who we know is a very good racehorse. And I love the fact that it went out just about on a peak performance. Its last two starts were really good. And the market's saying it's going to come back and just about do that number again. And that's a really good push for a horse that's off the freshen. You love to see it. Uh, you've shopped really well. Yeah, as you say, you've, you've got a really good price and the market wants to be with it. It looks like from that wide gate, looks like it's going to stalk them, probably get to the right part of the track, you would think, by race six with this new track. Um, really good support. The only other one they sort of want to back, and especially this morning, is Sonora down the bottom. Again, claiming under the minimum. I think you'll see it continue to tighten up. We'll come back on the other side of this and do seven, eight, nine. There's one in race nine too that I was talking to the boys all week that just kept and continually moving as well that I want to ask you on. This is the opening bell. Miles Fitzner, Jules Valance with you. All thanks to Inglis, Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer and Kilmore Toyota. Personalise our used vehicles up to your spec. Back in a moment. You win some, you lose more. At KilmoreToyota.com.au, Inglis, Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Let's go to race number seven at Caulfield over the 1100 BM84. Um, not really, too, well, not really too keen on much, to be perfectly honest. It's not a race I really want to be launching into. I agree with you there, Milo. Five scratchings has knocked this around, and not just five sort of scratchings that had no impact on the race. Some important scratchings. Invincible Caviar comes out who had, you know, a fair bit of market percentage. And so, hope. Was a hope? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think getting to 1100 was better. I can't wait to see it to get to 1200. I'm sort of waiting for that day, but 
um, yeah, definitely was was you know a definite winning chance. So it sort of recalibrated the market, makes it extremely difficult. You've got the favourite winning verse coming down from Sydney with the right form line, but it's drawn the wide gate. We know this horse goes forward, so probably ends up OSL outside lead for those that don't know that. Um, Two eighty, two ninety. It's just it's solid enough. This is a market that is agreeing with your theory on the race. It's doing nothing. There's not much really opinion. Maybe they want to see the first six races. Maybe they want to see what the shoot's doing. But I can't really push you into from a perspective of what's happening with the market. It is the lowest um, race in terms of what's happening in the market at Caulfield. So there's not much to really touch on here, Milo. I just, if I did anything, I just thought the way the van won last week and then the Cy race that was in before that, Laura Lafferty in, I, I, it looked the one that if it was a bit on pace-ish, that was the one that might be able to hold him off for mine, if anyone was wondering. Yeah, and and if I was to say anything, there's been a nice little push for it probably since the scratching. So that that's a positive sign. But as I said, it's it's uh, there's um, not much happening here. Race eight, uh, there was I know there was a really early push for Milford, and people wanted to shop as soon as the prices went up. Uh, not usual, glorious. This will drift. There's no rain forecast here at this stage, and. Um, it's mutter was a mutter, uh, not usual glorious. And so uh, expect a bigger price there if you want to back it. But Normandy Bridge, that's the one. Uh, my guess would be that would firm by this time of the day after no rain. You would think so. And, and it'll, it'll be important, I think, if you look at Normandy Bridge, it's drawn that wide gate and we know that it's going to go back. So they'll take their medicine and, and find a backside. There's no issue there. So if we're seeing them coming to the middle of the track, I think you'll see the 280 be gone. There's no doubt that that'll get wiped off. Now, if we're seeing the reverse of that and they've got to be on speed, then I think you'll see Deep Strike probably continue to tighten up. It looks like it'll have the map advantage over Normanby Bridge. Obviously, they met last start and Deep Strike got all the favours to beat it. Um, so I can understand why Normanby Bridge is holding its price. And it's pretty solid across the board. You mentioned Milford. Yeah, it's the one that's tightened right up. So are we suggesting possibly that there's not much speed in this race and it's going to control the race? That's probably what... A lot of these major players that are moving these markets are thinking with this kind of race. Um, everything else, as you said, not usual glorious, will drift. Cherry Tortoni, if this track's racing like a real dry track, I know it can be really hard to catch. If he's a dry tracker, a um, bit of support to suggest he might be getting back to near his best. And with Malamon, he's going to get every possible favour. Uh, we got a race nine. Uh, my two best at, San, at Caulfield. Uh, St. Lawrence, which we got the price, and this, race nine, number 11, um, Skywolf. Now, I thought the only danger to it was outback action, and it's out. Uh, so we have seen some scratchings, but I couldn't be happier with how I shopped this weekend, which means stuff all, because I haven't won yet. <laughs> stuff all. But when you beat the market on four of your four best at two tracks, you've got to be happy. You put yourself in the mayor's office. Now, whether that ends up, you end up underneath the desk or, now, that's or, or mayor... sitting on the desk. <laughs> But it's important that you put, you, you, job. You, you put yourself into the mayor's office. So that's the important part, and we'll see what happens later in the day. Um, yeah, good support, Scott. I mean, again, this this race knocked around with the scratching, obviously, of Outback Action, who sort of dominated the market and was really good support for it on the Thursday and Friday. So we're seeing a little bit of a change. Prowling's had some really good support as well. Uh, inside draw, so that could be a trick again. I think this is a race where you'll see maybe a fair bit of action once we see what this track's doing because there is a bit of a, a, a sense that maybe because it's a brand-new track, they're going to be racing all over it, that race the lanes one and two as the day goes on becomes a disadvantage, which is usually not the case at Caulfield. So I think that'll be important for a horse like Prowling. Um, 
and, and, and conversely, even better for a horse like Skywolf if that's the case because it's drawn wide. So plenty to take out and plenty, I think, to happen in a market perspective for race nine because I think they want to see what this track's doing. Uh, we might uh, – t- oh, actually, what do you like? I read my best there at Caulfield. What do you like? Yeah, I'm backing Hazel Baby in race five. I think it just sets up really well under the minimum. I think that's a really good set play. And I just, I'm hoping this track dries out a little bit. And if it does, with this northerly wind, I'm pretty keen race four, Sir Atlas. Uh, let's go to a break. On the other side, we'll touch on the four or five of the, of the main races at Ramwick. Anything a little bit wider at Belmont and or Morfittville. This is the opening bell, Jules Valance. Miles Fitzner with you, thanks to Inglis, Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer and Kilmore Toyota, stocking Toyota pre-owned certified vehicles. Back in a moment, 9.40. With you from Foxcatcher, of course. Go check them out. Foxcatcher.com. Is that right? Bang. Yeah. No AU. Just .com. Yeah, it's not. I know. Yep. Yeah, that's Beautiful. just off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, passing Gareth. He doesn't even know what it's called half the time, so you're doing a good job, brother. Yeah, he'd be call it rabbittrap.com. <laughs> <laughs> no, Foxcatcher. <laughs> uh, all thanks to Kilmore Toyota, stocking Toyota pre-owned certified vehicles, and English Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Randwick, uh, soft five, rail plus six the entire uh, we might run through a few of just the the, the main ones up there at Ramwick. I, I wanted to touch on race number four. Uh, I know a few boys very keen on contemporary. I had a little bit of a, a two-play value play on West of Africa and Hollywood Hero, but the market has continued to come. Yeah, contemporary is a – I would just about suggest it's the best of the best-backed runner at Ramwick, to be honest, Milo. The 270, I think, is going to get wiped off the board very soon. So um, – it is going to continue to firm from what I can see. And I look, there's just no middle pinner that's really been supported. Other than overriding, just this morning, a little bit of support for it. But other than that, it's about contemporary. So it means it's one way. Uh, let's go to race number six. One I like here and one of my better ones of the day up there at Ramwick is Queenmaker for Ed Cummings and Zach Lloyd. Now, this horse, uh, I'm sort of taking it on trust of the fact that it got rolled by Naval College, who went on with it, Naval College, and showed us plenty would have won the last one if it didn't get annoyed by about a $50 or $60 pop uh, leading throughout. Went to Canterbury and brained them and, and then uh, had another go at Canterbury and got beaten by one in a 72 there called Man Behind the Money, which I think is half smart. Um, I thought this uh, the market would have come for this, but it doesn't really look like they've gone too hard. It's solid. It's probably similar to a little bit to contemporary, not as firm, but pretty strong push for the favourite queen maker here. And the way I can uh, identify that is these horses that are second, third, fourth in the market, your Pharaoh's Range, your Ita, your Darlington County, they're going to drift. From what I can see, they're actually going to get soft in the market. So it's a really good push that I think Queen Maker is going to continue to tighten up. So, yeah, it's a solid favourite here, mate. I want to just touch on it. It's an odd race, this, the uh, race number eight over the 1,400. We're $6, uh, roughly $6 equal favourites the field here. This is... Wide open as you get. Yeah, the market is really struggling with it. So different form lines from all over the place. So we do see that. I will say um, the two Wahii Falls and Kota Hell seem to be as solid as you can get at that kind of price range. Whereas a horse like Cisco Bay and King of Hastings, who are on the third, fourth line, I think you're going to get better prices about them. So if you like Cisco Bay and King of Hastings, I'd hold off. 
because I think you're going to get better prices than what you see right now. Any little spec on you called it, the Lees runner for Danny Beasley, the 10? The 10, you... Oh, no, I've dropped you with it no, there. Yeah, good support. So it's it's another one that's... I speak of horses like... I think it probably starts shorter than, say, a horse like Cisco Bay, who's $7, and it starts shorter than King of Hastings, $9. And the horse that you mentioned, sort of that nine fifty ten dollars $10. So it's the third line of them. I think it starts shorter than those two. Uh, we're going to race number nine on the card. This is my best of the day up there. The two Iona Merck done absolutely nothing wrong. Amy McLucas aboard and will claim three. Uh, uh, Bjorn's, I-, I think, placing this horse to perfection. Here's what he had to say on Iona Merck during the week. Yeah, he is. He's a, he's a winner. You can't knock that. Um, and he's he's won four of seven. Uh, he gets he's got a, a fair bit of weight on Saturday. Sixty one and a half down to or sixty one down to fifty eight with the claim. Um, but he's got a good gait. That's the key. He should be able to put himself in the first three or four. And I think he will definitely be strong late. So he's a good chance again. He's a progressive horse. He's got the picket fence. It's what we want to see. Um... Hard to knock. I agree with everything you say, and obviously what Bjorn says there as well, and the market wants to be with him. So doesn't look like getting soft at all. It's really tight, Iona Merck. The only other one that's probably been supported a little bit is Narito at a bigger price. Double figures was bet. It's, you're getting much shorter than that now, so good support for it. And Insurrection's tightening up just as I speak right now, but Iona Merck controls. He's been smart, Bjorn. He just kept it in the 78 grade. The weight kept going up, and the horse kept winning. And then it gets to the top, whacks the claim on. And you just go again. And this is the time of the year we've seen it, that you can win four or five in a row. I think the best example of this, who's now a, you know, as, as good a horse as we've got in our middle distance range, is Mr. Brightside. The camp just went 64, 70, 78, 84. They didn't go straight away to the big league. They didn't go straight away to Saturday grade, and they won six races before they even worried about going to a listed race. It's what you can do at this time of the year, get money in the bank, and then have a crack, whether it be early spring or whatever you want to do. Hopefully we can get Queen Maker and Iona Merck home there today. Quick break. On the other side of this, your best bets, Jules, and lays of the day. This is the opening bell, Miles Fitzner, Fox Catchers, Jules Valance with me. All thanks to Kilmore Toyota, stocking Toyota pre-owned certified vehicles and Inglis, Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Winners Saturday morning, 9.54, about four minutes um, to the top of the hour. A couple, I'll touch on my best if I'll do them and then we can just do a quick market one, Jules, and then I'll get your best and lays. Belmont, race number two, horse number seven, differentiator. If you could pull that up for me. That's going to take me some time to get to Belmont. That's okay. um... But Willie Pike, Summer Dixon, uh, really good win at Belmont on the heavy deck last start. It did it and did it easy, beat Prey again there. Uh, we're on a soft six here, but they've had plenty of rain. Oh, I'd nearly expect it to be a little bit of a downgrade, but has there been any support? Solid. Solid $2.40. They bet $2.80, obviously, Wednesday afternoon, now into $2.40. Um, I will say that Flash Ducati is really solid this morning, sort of at that four forty. So um, I think you're going to get better than differ- uh, better price about dif- differentiator. So if you're out there, you probably don't need to back it right now. But uh, it's still solid enough. I haven't touched Morfordville. It'll be a disaster today. It's no fault of their own. But two inches on that deck during the week, no. So I need your best bets and your lays of the day, please, Jules. Beautiful, Milo. So Caulfield, as we spoke about, uh, race five, Hazel Baby, number eight. I'm keen on backing it. I'm keen on backing race four, number 16, Sir Atlas, as long as this track dries out. 
and lays up to a certain point. I'm keen to be top price at Foxcatcher on Katsu in race two and in race seven. Also, winning verse. Happy to be top price, those two. If you're coming in off the text, thoughts on Katsu today. So you've heard it there first. But mine, I've mentioned them before. Ramwick 6-4, Queenmaker, and 9-2, Iona Merck. At Belmont 2-7, Differentiator. Caulfield 6-9, St. Lawrence, and 9-11, Skywolf. And then we've got The Lassophile, Electric Girl, and Chain of Lightning. So strongly considering going and just laying out those electric girl and chain of lightning bets and just sitting back and watching their the group one races. And you go, geez, I've beaten the market. I'll let it go here. I'll let it go. And then, and then Opal Ridge will come out, win by four. And you go, it means nothing, doesn't it? It doesn't. But you, as we, we you want to put yourself in the right position and, and you've definitely done that with those kinds of bets. So it's a good start. It's, um, yeah, you still got to get the results to go your way, mate. Last G1 of the season, it'd be remiss of me not to say, uh, have you got a highlight? Ooh. You got a personal punting highlight? Um, Did you take anyone to the cleanest in particular? We had <laughs> Any big wins? We had some luck, but it's usually probably been off Broadway a little bit. Um, probably not so much with with the big G ones, but um, I don't know about the highlight. If I, I, I think I think the build up to the Cox Plate I thought was really good this year. I, I, I liked, I enjoyed that. If I had to ask you. Um, to name me the top three horses in the country or the stars of the spring off the top of your head? Have you got three that you could whack in that sort of category? Oh, I think Giddy it, Kick and I Wish I Win. Have to uh, be. They're the, they're the top two. The, the, the thing is they're going to probably run against each other, um, obviously the way it sets up. But they're the two that I think have stamped themselves uh, as the best two horses in the country. And um, I think there's a big gap to third and, and, and probably from a middle distance point of view, I know you've been speaking about it a little bit as oh. well, that, the depths are a little bit weak. So I think Mr. Brightside's done a fantastic job to be able to win what he on the All-Star and then with a big weight, win a second Doncaster. That's a very good performance. But, um, you know, I still think he's he's a little bit off the giga kicks and the I wish I wins as their overall rating, but they're not going to run against each other, so it's probably a moot point. Not that long ago, um, everyone's saying, oh, we're not going to see many internationals at all. Royal Ascot comes around. This is a chance to come. This is a chance to come. This is a chance to come. From what I've seen of those horses that are a chance to come, that spank the lights out of anything we've got here. Well, we saw it with Dubai Honor, didn't we, when he came here and he, he beat our best horse at the time, Animo. Um, he actually picked him up and, and, and put him away. So we see that, but there's always a lot of horses that are always going to come around this time. And then when you look at the international protocols, they obviously then find it a little bit more difficult. So let's see what happens, uh, whether those horses do come or not. And if the Japanese ever do decide to come back, well, it's um, game over. Uh your mate from foxcatcher.com. He's joining me later. Heavy deck at Morvettville. What do you reckon he's going to say? Well, I look forward to the fact that you say <laughs> you've le- you're staying out. So I look forward to that. It'll be four minutes of fantastic radio. That will be. <laughs> hey, appreciate you coming in, in studio, mate. Always great to chat to you. Go to foxcatcher.com, mate. Um, love having you in here. Uh, love your thoughts on all the horses in the markets. And I'm sure the listeners appreciate it out there. I'll chat to you again next week. Thanks, my life. See you Monday. Jules Valance. They're all thanks to Kilmore Toyota. Stocking Toyota pre-owned certified vehicles in English, Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Coming up on the other side of this, Shane Curlio to join me. Mickey Gannon, Benny said, James Jordan, of course, Terry Layton, you name it, we have it. 0499 736 736. I'm in the mood for a joke this morning. I've got to sing the Boost Power Bank, 18 holes of golf at Mandalay. Send me something. 0499 736 736. The SEN